0: Namo tassa bhagavato rahato a goat Namo a bhagavato rahato ma, some Namo No bhagavato rahato serve a namasami. <coughs> So, uh, thank you and it's been interesting listening to you and I've very much enjoyed um, listening to you particularly in these uh, interview sessions when people talk about their practice and it's like when you hear one person talk about what's happening for them Your sense yes? This is what happens for me too. <laughs> this is what happens to all of us. So when one person talks dumber, it's like, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. Everybody is speaking. When one person talks, everybody's same story, different voices. <laughs> yeah. So similarly for myself. Yeah. I thought I'd uh, um, introduce myself uh, my name, Ajahn Sujito, and I'm from England. This is my first retreat. It's been going on for 40 years now. <laughs> it's a long retreat, <laughs> long retreat. Waiting for the bell to ring. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Like some of, some of you, you know, I, I started my retreat just kind of accident. You know, I was coming for a holiday. <laughs> uh, and uh, looking around, and uh, I think as I, I said before in one of the talks, you know, it's just, my heart was very confused. Because there just seemed to be no, no meaning in the world. You know, we had this uh, very... I just was born just after the Second World War, so everywhere you went in Europe, everything destroyed, broken up. Uh, Everybody losing their sons, daughters, millions of people dead. And, uh, you know, everything was poor and broken. Uh, Because, and this was, you know... Considered a very advanced civilization, you know, Europe, very advanced civilization, you know, all the science and technology and art and economics, and yet we can destroy ourselves even with all that. We still haven't learnt how to how to live together, you know. What was the meaning of all that? You know, how useful is it to have power, money, intelligence when you can't stop killing each other? <laughs> what's, what's the point? You know? And then w- when I was in my teens, they had this uh, cold, cold war, they' called Cold War, where the Russia, Soviet Union and uh, Europe and America threatening each other all the time, threatening. You know, we got bombs, we got bombs and threatening each other. Jeez. You know. I'm sitting on this island right in between these two <laughs> guys who are threatening each other. <laughs> and you think any any moment now, I think, what's the point? So so I get out, you know. And as I said, many times you don't get to the end of the world by travelling but sometimes you have to travel to find a place. <laughs> uh, so I just thought, I don't know. I go to... I was just starting meditation then, in just just a little bit coming into England, but nobody, no teacher, no schools, no monasteries. So I'll go, go to Asia. You know. And I went to India. And when I was in India, then I got very sick. And so sick I... I nearly died. Um, Fortunately, somebody saved my life and gave me medicines. And I thought, I only thing I knew, I've got to get out of here because I'm nearly dead. So I went to Thailand, and then I just saw this one possibility: uh, meditation class. Thought, well, you know, I don't know what that is, but I'll go there. And that's starts, door opens, you know and then I knew uh, I, I need, need a lot of support uh, I need structure, I need a place So, and then it's amazing because then they say well you stay in a monastery you know, we, we stay, here's a place you can stay here's some food no problem, doesn't cost anything Amazing. So I went there, I thought, maybe one week, one week. That would be enough. Couldn't hang on for one week. (laughs) I had one week. Yeah, maybe one more week. And then I thought, well, I had to leave Thailand because my visa finished. I thought, maybe I'll come back and uh, stay three months Three months and I thought, become summon in summoner era three three months because then you you feel more like you 're part of it you 're not just you know visitor, but you 're part of it, so i 've become summon in three months, okay so and then all of, but I realized when I was away, I traveled into Indonesia, and I realized all I wanted to do was meditate. I looked at these places. I just couldn't get interested. Really amazing places, I just couldn't get interested. All I wanted to do, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. (laughs) So I just thought, go back to the monastery quick. So I went back and practiced meditation. Three months. I go, no, it's not enough. Maybe three more months. And then... uh, and uh, we used to go Bindabhad. All he'd do every day was go Bindabhad and then go back to my kuti and just sit. Sit, walk, sit, walk. And uh, very difficult, right, because of heat. And I felt every day I just melt into this kind of heap. <laughs> And at night time, just to wake up a bit, next day, melt. <laughs> but I, I, I stayed there because I just couldn't think of any good reason to go anywhere else. I could think of lots of bad reasons, but I couldn't think any convincing reason why I should go anywhere else. Uh oh, uh oh, you know what this means? And then every year in the monastery they have. Um, as kind of ten-day retreat, when lots of the lay women supporters of the monastery would come up to so the monastery, these 700, 700 lay women, and they become chi brah, which means they keep the eight precepts, keep the habit. And I notice these 700 women all come up, and you see them; they all sleep in the sala, and they're walking meditation this is amazing. You know. They do all this. And all this has been given. Bindabad is given. Place to stay is given. Teaching is given. Everything is given. Yes. And then they said, um, you know, we really like it. What these people would like very much was if they could give you robes and bowl for you to become a bhikkhu. <laughs> bhikkhu? Uh-oh. Sounds like... I thought, well, you know, because many people said, you should become a monk. I thought, well, maybe, maybe. But then when the the lay women said, that's what we want too, I thought, well, okay. Because they'd given so much that I wanted to give something back. So I became a bhikkhu. So it's always been that. that, So I always had that feeling of incredible gratitude. And it's the gratitude I can't find any one person to thank. But my, my sense is that when I listen to you, I hear everybody. It's just different voices, but I hear everybody says the same sort of thing. So, I'll thank you, because you are everybody. <laughs> and so I thank you, because uh, it was because of people like you that uh, pushed, a little bit, pushed me through the door and uh, so then once it started then things moved along but just that push through the door so mostly my teaching I teach from a place of uh, gratitude I don't have any particular technique I don't have anything particular to say I just feel grateful so I talk about Dhamma. Uh, So it comes from the heart. And I hope this has been for you perhaps my chance, my opportunity just to push you a little bit. (laughs) Push you through the door. We need to push each other Gently through those doors. Because when you think of yourself, you think, oh no, I, I, I'd like to, but no, maybe, but I've got so many difficulties, you know? I've got so many, pro- I, got, I can't meditate, I've got problems, I'm a bit crazy, I'm too busy, I'm too stupid, I, 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 you know, not, I, but, you know, that. So you need someone to say, no, you're not. <laughs> get through there, get through the door but I'm too sick, get in <laughs> I'm too old, get in <laughs> you know, sick people, old people, young people, crazy people, stupid people people, we can meditate in fact, it's the only thing we can do good <laughs> You know, when I looked at uh, the results of uh, what happened in Europe when people didn't meditate, <laughs> you know, the amount of destruction from all the knowledge, all the wealth, all the information, and people killing, smashing each other, destroying their countries, you know, because they th- thought they were doing really good. The only thing we can do, the only thing we can really do, is cultivate dhamma, because that's the only thing that works. The rest of it is just, you know, passing the time, you know, getting things ready, preparing a foundation, you know. Now, just to really encourage you, because it always surprises me sometimes, because. When I've only ever seen Thailand as a place of meditation. <laughs> For me, when I came to Thailand, I had maybe two days in Bangkok, yeah? three days in Chiang Mai, monastery. To me, Thailand is just a big monastery. <laughs> so I'm thinking, why aren't you all meditating all the time? You live in a monastery. <laughs> It seems strange to have to encourage you to, to do what's right on your own doorstep. <laughs> yeah. But uh, really to encourage you to keep that practice going, because it really is very profound. And remember, you have to just really change your way of looking at things. because. When you come from your position of self, self, me, I am. This me, self, I am. This can't meditate. (laughs) But your citta can. So you go below, beneath that, through that place where you feel you want to do it. You need to come out of suffering. You want help. You feel grateful. Yeah? Yeah? come from the big place inside you there's a big place inside you that's trying to open up and practices like this, just keeping the precepts having a little time every day where you just sit and breathe stop if you can stop for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes you've got to do this every day Sit and breathe. It's like, do you eat every day? Do you eat food every day? Do you have time to eat? Everybody, time to eat? How about, do you bathe? Do you wash every day? Or maybe once a year? (laughs) Every day? Well, this is bathing and this is eating. This is food and this is cleaning. And it's cleaning the most important part of you, feeding the most important part of you. And the beauty of it is it's free. And if you sit still and breathe in and out, it, it happens by itself. And by itself, through that practice, the chitta rises, slowly rises, yeah, you know, the jitta rises and becomes clearer and stronger. It doesn't, you know, when we look, uh, I teach now in, in many countries, so all over the world, Australia, through to America and Canada and all the way across, Africa, everywhere. Everywhere. I teach people who meditate, every one of them gets better. Every one of them, they get less violent. They don't get more violent, they get less violent. Every one of them gets more restrained, they don't get less restrained. Every one of them gets more loving kindness, they don't get less loving kindness. Yeah. Every one of them develops like this, it's, it's universal Every single person is the same in meditation. The chitta goes one way. It does not go down. It goes up. And it's kind of, we should think of it as a duty almost. For our parents who gave us bodies. You know, our parents gave us everything they could. They gave us this body. Said here, in body. You know, you got you got the workshop. Your parents gave you this. Yeah, and the Buddha gave us the teaching. Put them together. Put them together, and you have my word on it. You won't go down. You're going to go up. So I'll offer this for your reflection, and uh, thank you for your determination and your company and your honesty in this practice. May you all progress and develop, and may your jittas rise to happiness and peace.